And we're live on the Shy City Sports Podcast with my co-host, Michael Flores, and myself, AJ Desai. You can follow Michael on Twitter, MPFlores90, and myself, AJ Desai4. And you can follow this podcast on Twitter as well, CC Sports Pod. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing all right. I'd be doing better with a uh, win this week, but going to take what I can get. Man, I am depressed, like straight depressed, man. This is just not like what we were expecting to see, right? I didn't expect it at all. I thought it was going to be a little bit closer, and I honestly thought our offense would do at least a little better than this. Absolutely. Like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, the uh, the play calling was suspect. You know, I, I, I didn't really get it. You know, uh, what, what are some calls that you thought um, were really egregious to you? Yeah, so there was some, some definitely some weird calls from Nagy this week. Um, one of the things we keep talking about is how we want them to run the ball more. There were 17 total rushes this week, 14 by five Montgomery, Montgomery, three by yeah. Patterson. And that's just it's not enough. You're I, not going to win games very often if you're not going to run the ball well. Sean McVay really had his guys like riled up with this game, and he got it. It just comes down to who's better coached. You know what I mean? And like, wh- where do we draw the line? You know, like... Like, is it is it Ryan Pace who's not providing the players that are a scheme fit, or is it Matt Nagy who's not putting in guys like Alex Bars in the position of Rashard Coward? And we'll get to that topic later. He's a whole different topic for this podcast. Um, but what is it? What do you think, man? Yeah, it's there's multiple issues here. It's not just one guy over the other, but you know, it does start from the top. You know, Pace isn't giving Nagy the guys he needs to get the job done. Sure, he'll get him someone new, but it always seems like it's the same guy, just different name, different number on the back of that jersey. And then Nagy just doesn't know how to call plays. Mm-hmm. I I am not a fan of Nagy calling plays whatsoever. I think I've let that be known already. Mm-hmm. He needs to be able to give up play calling to someone else. And this week he already said he's not planning on doing that anytime soon. Right. And like, you know, that's where the ego and stubbornness comes from for Matt Nagy, because like if you're not willing to, you know, get better as a play caller and willing to give those play calling duties up to a person like John Filippo or Bill Lazor, who clearly both of them do have that play calling experience, you know, um, then in your ego and your stubbornness just just spoke for you right there. So it's just like like, you know, these play calls, like looking back to the play calls, you know, Cordell Patterson fourth and one like come on like that's that's easy money for david montgomery right michael come on yeah you get that to monty he can he can run that up the middle you know patterson has rushed way too much this year he's gone i think they gave him the ball 25 times this year already you know we're bottom five team in rushing um i think we have the second lowest rushing yards and that's by like one yard it's it's not okay i mean granted we're the one of only three teams to not fumble while rushing great but you're not really moving the ball anyway so what does it matter yeah, we're not really the, the offensive line is not really getting to that you know that push up front to get to the second level, right? Um, it just um collapsed right there at the line of scrimmage, so there's not really that much space for Montgomery to maneuver with. But you know the ability that he has to you know break tackles and get those extra a couple of yards, it's what that's what he's really good at. But Matt Nagy continues not to see that, so it's like 14 carries, and I believe it was 49 or 43 yards. Um, and that's just not what you want from your starting running back of this team. And if you, and if you 
want to even try to like open up like the tight end passing game or like the wide receiver passing game, there has to be a, attempts to run the football, right, man? Yeah, and I don't even think what Foles didn't even get a rush this this week, right? Mm-mm. And he's been doing pretty well when he when he gets to move. Yeah, definitely, and like it's just the ability for Matt Nagy to call these plays. That's all, and you know, and what a, and what's this? Uh, Inside the 10-yard line, red zone trip. Jimmy Graham is not on the field, and you line up with, like, four wide receivers? What the beep, man? Like, geez, like, what did you think of that? Yeah, I don't understand it either. Um, It feels like when we get into the red zone, we're either going to get a field goal or not much at all. I think we have, what, six rushing touchdowns this year, which is fine, but that does need to go up. But having four wide receivers out there within the 10, it's unnecessary. Yeah, and like and, and especially when your 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 tight end named Jimmy Graham leads, I think this team in touchdowns. Why isn't he even on the field? Yeah. Why are we forcing a small window throw to I believe it was Anthony Miller in the left corner end zone? Why are we even doing that when Jimmy Graham has had four of his touchdowns from within the red zone? Why why are we trying to make it difficult than it needs to be? You know, take what the defense gives you. We talked about that in the live podcast. Yep. And, you know, obviously, like, I'm not, I'm not asking for the Bears players to tune in, but that's every Chicago Bears podcast saying, take what the um, Rams would have given you on defense. And there was visible plays, right? You know, like, there, there is lack, lack of execution, which we'll get into later. But there is a play that, you know, if Rashad Coward doesn't fall start there, then we continue the drive because Nick Foles got the first down. But that's the issue. You know, it, it, there's coaching issues. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking way too long. There's coaching issues. There is execution issues. There's mental issues on this offensive line. Even if you put in Mitch Trubisky, he wouldn't even be able to do anything. Yeah, hell, he can extend a couple of plays, but he's going to get swallowed up with Cam Jordan and everyone, everyone coming at him this Sunday. Yeah, with Foles even throwing the ball way over overthrowing it, underthrowing it. Yeah. You have guys open. You know, Ramsey looks foolish on a few plays. I, I just, I, Michael, I just think that if Nick Foles just maybe just had like a half second more, I think we could have seen two 90-yard touchdowns from Mike, um, from Darnell Mooney. I, just a little bit more time. I just want a little bit more time. I'm not asking for a full second. I'm just asking for a half a second. And he, he hits Anthony Miller in the end zone. He was going to him. But, you know, that half a second is important. You know, two and a half seconds is a lot better than two seconds in the pocket. And, you know, and it proved that on Sunday where you where he did granted he missed Darnell Mooney twice and he missed um, Anthony Miller. But I just think this offensive line is just it's bad. If only there was a couple guys out there that can. uh that we could pick up to uh, replace some of these guys. You know, it's not like there's a guy like Spain available or, or something, right? Oh, speaking of, he's signing with the his, his intention is he's signing with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, oh, I did not see that. Yeah, it was just it was just announced about maybe an hour or two ago. Um, he's signing with the Cincinnati Bengals guys. So our only hope is Larry Warford, who hasn't signed with the team, and. It does state that if he does sign with the team, he can come play. You know, he's a plug-and-play guard. You know, that's our only chance to get Larry Warford in the building at Hallisall, guys. Like, 
like you, you could put Sam Mustafir at center and you could put Cody Whitehair at left guard to see what that does. I think Jermaine Defetti is fine at right guard, but Rashad Coward, he just makes this entire offensive line just fall apart. Like a, in, in addition with um, Charles Leno and Bobby Massey at the tackle positions, I believe. For sure. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, you know, the Bears defense, they continue to run by the motto, bend but not break. You know, we saw it in the first um, first drive. You know, they allowed a couple of um, couple of 10, 11-yard passes, um, that darting run to begin the uh, Rams drive, but um, 13 yards. And then they came all the way down to the 40-yard line, our 40-yard line. So, um, you know, that was uh, pretty pretty tense to see but the defense got the first stop but like you know we talk about the defense being on the field too much and they're getting gassed and uh they're allowing these many points um uh, why do you think that might be it's just because the defense is on the field too much quote unquote yeah 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 for sure i mean um your defense can only do so much you can be the best defense in the league but if you're out there for half the game because your offense just cannot hold on to the ball long enough you're going to get gassed. Some of the best guys are going to be on the sideline, hands on their knees, trying to catch their breath. Mm -hmm. And you're right with the whole bend, not break. We have the best red zone defense in the league. Yeah. And we're We're allowing a touchdown on. Yeah, absolutely. And we're only allowing a touchdown at 42.3% of the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going into, they're going into the red zone, threatening to score and we stop them. We find a way to stop them from scoring a touchdown. And, our offense does not take advantage of it. I think our offense has, what, maybe 12 touchdowns now, I think it is, something like that. And our defense has given up 12. Um, our offense needs to step it up, and they can. They need to help the defense out a little bit. Year by year after year, our defense carries our team. The offense just needs to do something, anything at this point. You know what, if they're only going to hit a field goal, at least hold on to the ball and drive it down the field for longer. Just give your defense a little bit of a break. Yeah, and also give them a chance, too, because if you're just going to go three and out, three and out, three and out, and only give them, like, a minute, a buck 15 to sit on the bench, uh, that's not that's not what we had in mind. And that's that's what we saw in the first couple of drives of the game on Monday, didn't we? We saw, we saw completely, like, punt, 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 punt. And, you know, we had the momentum to go down the field, but, you know, we got caught with that Jermaine Defetti holding on the first drive of the game that... Uh, pulled us back and we can't convert you know we can't convert first and 20s for some reason guys and uh, I don't know uh, Matt Nagy has um, terrible play calling syndrome or something like that like I just don't know like why we can't convert a first and 20 and three tries you can just get the yards a little chunk by little chunk by little chunk and get it but uh, that was a drive stall right there but uh, second one was um, we were driving and coward um, false start we talked about this earlier <laughs> and uh he, Nick Foles had the um, first down, but you know you're not going to go for it um, uh, when it's fourth and six, and uh, had to punt it. And those were the two drives that we could have. I think that we could have gotten some points because it was early, and we needed to get we needed to have statement drives. And I thought in those two drives, if we got some points, the game would have been different for sure. Absolutely, and that's something that we talked about last week: is coming out strong, whether it's first drive of the game or first drive out of the half. You know, Fetty had that uh that holding that you mentioned on the very first drive. 
Um, granted, only a few plays were were called at that point, but it looked like we were going to move down down the field pretty damn well. And I felt like once that offensive holding got got called, it kind of took the air out of that drive. Um, there was a little bit of of deflation there, and you know, obviously, we had to punt. And that same thing with that uh that fourth and one first drive of the second half, and we did not make a statement drive to say we're here to play. We basically just said, okay, we're rolling over again. Let's see what we can do from here on out. Yeah, they just came out of the locker room um, into the third quarter and just rolled over. Then they didn't they didn't really like show any fight or anything. Like the game still could have been had um, from the second half. You know, you can make your second half adjustments, quote unquote, to Nagy. That doesn't really mean anything, um, obviously. And it's just like you know. It's just piss poor offense, you know. We're ranked 29th in the league, and we played seven games. You know, at the end of the day, you know Matt Nagy needs to realize that David Montgomery is the bell cow of this offense. So you need to keep on getting him the ball. Yeah, he's not being given enough of a chance, and no. I know we're gonna hammer this one home over and over and over again. You will. But the thing is, it's not happening. They're not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like they're trying to improve. They take a step forward and two steps back, and it's it's just not working out. We have a decent running back in Montgomery. Use him. Fourteen rushes this week is not enough. Under fifty yards. Come on, you are not going to be able to make the throws. Hell, you know what? Go for more play action passes. Why not? Yeah. At least pretend you're going to run it. <laughs> At least it'll make <laughs> me happy if it looks like we're going to run it. Yeah, how about how, how you like to see that Cordell Patterson first carry of the game? Woo! Yeah, total of what one yard? One Fantastic. yard. Come on, man! Like we really thought, and you said, um, how much? How many carries did uh, Cordell Patterson have this season so far? Twenty five. It was twenty five. Yep. How, how does he have twenty five carries through seven games of the season? He should only have like one of those jet sweep carries. Or like one of those mm-hmm. toss carries that we saw last year. I think Denver, that was a 50-yard run. He shouldn't be getting like, you know, draw plays or anything. That's all David Montgomery. And I'm so excited that, you know, Brad Biggs reported, he reported that um, Lamar Miller is feeling better and better as weeks go. There is a chance that he Good. could be dressing on on Sunday for the Saints. So we do have an RB2, folks. Lamar Miller, he did tear, tear his ACL last year. But, um, you know, it seems like he's doing better. Lamar Miller and a David Montgomery combo, we should not see Cordell Patterson on the field at the halfback position. Yeah, for sure. Even if Lamar Miller isn't fully healthy and he can go give him 7 to 10 touches, I'm okay with that. Monty's, again, I'm going to say it again, probably say it again on the next podcast, give Monty the ball more. You know, he's... In the past two weeks, he's had 34 combined. I should probably look. We should probably be talking about 50 combined in the past two weeks at this point, and it's it's just not happening. And Cordero Patterson just isn't doing it. You're not gonna fool anybody. You see him back there, you know he's getting the ball. He's gonna go one yard, and he's gonna get stopped. And he needs to stop because you see a lot of running backs in the league doing that. Like you see guys like in the uh, in the running back by committee combined between two have 31, and the starter has 25, and the backup has six. And that actually makes sense because, you know, you're trying to keep the chains moving. So, you know, uh, I don't know if Matt Nagy knows how to, like, you know, keep the offense going by keeping a fresh pair of backs. But, you know, Monty is one of those answers. But you could have had Artavius Pierce back there instead of Cordell Patterson. Yeah, and he's on the active roster. It's not like he's he's, because he was already activated from the COVID list. So it's not like he's not allowed to play right now. He's been, I think, in one game and... I think he was just out there just for show. 
I'm not, I honestly don't even remember exactly what he did, but I remember him being out there. Oh. Why is he on the roster if you're not going to use him? It probably might have been, it probably might have been, it might have been like a kneel down or something like that, maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he's, he's on the roster, use him. You know, and, you know, I always go back to like, you know, like the, the game against Tampa Bay. I don't even think that we could beat the Tampa Bay team if the game was this Sunday because that Tampa Bay team got so good after they played us. They got so mad. They put up 45 points against the um, Raiders and they put up 38 points against the Packers. So yeah, that's a team that I want to stay away in the playoffs for sure. Playoff Brady is really dangerous. Um, I'd rather play the... I don't know what I want to play in the playoffs. Uh, quite frankly, the, with, the, with, with the way that we're playing right now, I don't think we do make the playoffs because it's just it's just looking far-fetched with the way that we're playing. Yeah, and if we do make it, they're looking for an early exit. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we have we ha- we have a good record at 5-2, and two, but you're looking for an early exit if you're not going to score. Our defense outscored our offense, unless, unless your defense somehow has multiple touchdowns that game for whatever reason, but you're rarely going to win the game where your defense is outscoring your offense. One single field goal is not good enough. Also, one thing that I was supposed to talk about is like, you know, execution, you know? And mm-hmm. like we were talking about that throughout the podcast, the holding by Fatty, the false start by Coward, you know, defense at the time was getting gashed on third down. We couldn't make the stop on third down. You know, it's a it's a team effort to win these games. And, you know, and the past seven weeks we've been seeing this Bears team and their record is it's super inferior. OK, you can look at the the teams and the schedules we played and it doesn't matter who the quarterback was and it doesn't matter how you may think this but if the opponents put a little bit more gas up on us i think we we, we would have started um started out 0 and 3 on the season it would have been really bad because like i only see our two real wins come from tampa bay and at the time tampa bay was without chris godwin and carolina so mm-hmm. um, call me crazy but like if the teams that we were playing were just a little bit more competitive folks we would be two and five right now out of the playoff race 14th 15th seed you know this five and two record do not take it for granted and that's what bears fans are doing they're taking it for granted you know we have one of the worst offenses in the league this record is being represented with how our defense is playing plain and simple yeah definitely and you know my buddy always says this whenever we go back and forth in anything sports related sometimes it's just better to be lucky than good and we have been lucky this year and I guess a win is a win is a win. So I'm going to take them. But dude, I don't know if I'm if I'm just crazy, but I felt like there were so many flags against us this week. I had to look it up because I thought, you know, we were going to be in the double digits for sure. There was only six official flags called on us. And I felt like all six were by Hicks himself. There, I feel like there should have been way more up there. Oh, I don't know yeah. if I'm just being biased, but it's... No, not at all. Like we're getting everything called on us. No, I, no, not at all. There's a lot of things to um, to talk about when it comes to the officiating crew. It remains unfair to the Bears. I mean, we're not being biased or anything, folks. Like, come on. When, uh, when a play is over, like, you don't drag that pile 10 yards <laughs> to the one-yard line. I mean... That's what my boy Akeem Hicks did. He jumped on the pile to make sure Daryl Henderson goes down. And to me, that's a football play because he's trying to get the running back down, right? And it's like, you know, that was just a horseshit call because, you know, how how can you how can you give that dive penalty when you're not gonna give 
like um there was there was something that wasn't called in the Rams. I can't quite remember, but like you're gonna call that, but you're not gonna, you know, uh have the runner yeah, down you... at the ten yard line instead of the one. For sure. And you know, that was that's one of the things that I thought about for quite a while after that game because that's a little ridiculous. Yeah. There's no way that you can you can let them do something like that. And and Hicks said afterwards, he's like, Look, I'm playing through a pandemic. I'm gonna play through a damn whistle. You're not gonna get me to stop. And the whistle wasn't said, yeah. even blown. And like Exactly. Was, yeah. And like he uh he jumped on the pile before the whistle was one, and I don't know how that's unsporting, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. That's just a crazy penalty. Yeah, and you were talking about a um a, a call that wasn't made on the Rams. I don't know if this is the one you're referring to, but it was another Hicks one where he was called for illegal use of the hands on that yes. Everett uh, reception, where they yes. ended up uh, where they ended up scoring, and he was being held. Yeah, that. So yeah. They, they don't call the holding, but they call the illegal use of the hands. I mean, I, yeah. again, I'm trying so hard not to be biased, but come on man just give give us a damn break yeah and like uh you know they did on that um you know that roughing the passer call but that's not you know a break you know because we only get like one of those per game and we end up throwing an interception i think uh, on that drive Nagy thought it was smart not to have our tight end out inside the red zone uh and it was an interception but like thanks Nagy for that but like you know be fair with us yeah definitely and uh there's definitely one thing i gotta give you credit for last week that you called the leonard floyd revenge game he came out to play couple sacks yeah i think he hit the he hit the quarterback three times or something like that yeah he was he was ready to play against his former team for sure yeah well that's uh you know letter floyd i think like you know and then like i tweeted some things about him after we got um robert quinn and honestly you know <laughs> robert quinn you know i would have felt better to give like leonard floyd like and i think he would have taken it like a five-year 45 million dollar deal instead of giving Robert Quinn, a five-year, $70 million deal. I mean, there's one thing about Leonard Floyd you can't dispute is that his motor does not stop. Leonard Leonard Floyd's motor does not stop. Like, he will keep on coming at you. Like, you you saw it, like, last year. Like, he he would get bent back from the right tackle. And technically, it's holding, but they didn't call it that much last (laughs) year. But, like, you know, like, he had a nonstop motor in Chicago. And, like, I don't know. Here with Quinn, I get, like, I get that you got him here to rush the passer. But, like, we didn't, I don't think that we got home on Jared Goff, did we? I don't know. I don't remember, to be honest. I I think Mac had a sack. Um, I thought Mac had that, uh, that strip sack, I think, on him, right? We did not recover it. We did not. We did recover, though, a, um, a scooped fumble and ran it back. Eddie Jackson finally got his uh, touchdown. Oh, there's Which a flag on that play too. There was a flag on the play. Luckily, it was holding, I believe, on the offense. And if you saw Jackson's face as soon as he was in the end zone, he looked around to make sure there wasn't a flag. He saw the flag, looked a little upset, and then was finally happy that it was not on the defense. Yeah, it, it was. Um, it was. It was nice to see. It, it should really be three um, defensive touchdowns for him, but. You know, yeah, but yeah, you're right. It, we only had one sack. It was, and it was a, um, it was a fumble, and we did not recover it. That yeah, makes... so we're gonna have a interesting week eight to uh yeah. to make up for a bad week seven. Yeah, yeah. The the New Orleans Saints is Sean Payton is a uh, is a wizard, as I like to call him. Um, you know, I think he's just gonna drive circles around Matt Nagy. Sunday. Um, yeah, he's a great coach. I mean, he's been working without Michael Thomas, which 
you know, he played what week one, got that ankle injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas did not practice again today. So probably not seeing him this week again, which kind of expected. So he's doing well without him. And, you know, I don't anticipate them sh- slowing down this week either. Yeah, I don't I don't see like a change in the Saints offense either. You know, Alvin Kamara had a big game last week against the Panthers. Um, mm-hmm. Taysom Hill is a nice weapon to have, you know, um, look out for him. Uh, apparently we can't tackle sometimes, so um, and he can break <laughs> tackles. So and he can beat you to the end zone. So don't be fooled there. Jared Cook is a reliable tight end. He's been bouncing from team to team, but you know he's over there with Drew Brees. Caught a touchdown last week, and you know um, they have their emerging number two being a number one right now, Traquan Smith. But and he's been playing really well. He's um, he likes to get those sideline toe tap quam catches. So um, mm-hmm. watch out for that. You know he's a uh, he can get the ball. Like, and Drew Brees can put it on the money. Yeah, for sure. And he, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's no Michael Thomas, but he's had some pretty good games. He's had, what, three weeks now with at least 50 yards. Only touchdowns, you know, came in week four against the Lions, but he had two touchdowns that game. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets one against us this week. He's got moves that if for whatever reason he's in the middle of the field, I, I really do think that he's going to score as long as we can keep him on the outside. And I know you said he had, he has his toe tap catches, but mm-hmm. I think between Fuller and... Jalen Johnson, Jones. they can stop him. They can. They definitely can. And I was just going to get into that. Like, you know, like, I, I believe that, like, you know, our defense is going to be able to clamp this wide receiver corp for the first couple of drives. And that's our window to go get some points. Yeah. Um, And that's been the case for every game, I think, this season, except week one. I think the Lions came out hot. But other than that, um, that's been the that's been the model. You know, we stop the team on the first drive and we can't score, and then they pull away, and then we come back in the fourth quarter. But that fourth quarter magic is kind of fading away because we're starting to not have that fourth quarter magic. So um, because we have a balanced quarterback at the helm. So um, how do you how do you slow this uh, Saints attack down? You have to watch Kamara. I mean, that's the guy you're gonna have to worry about the most. You know, he's leading the team in both rushing. And receiving yards. He's already over 800 yards combined. He's got 364 rushing, 416 receiving. That's the guy you got to watch, period. And the, the problem that, that I can see happening is they're watching him too much. And that's where Cook, Smith, they all, be, they all get open and, you know, they can do some damage. But you have to stop the run game. And Kamara is a guy that's going to break your tackles if you try to tackle him the way you tackled you go after any of the guys that you did on the Rams this week. He's gonna break break one off and just go go long. Oh yeah, he will. And this game's at home, and I don't want to see us be embarrassed in any way. Of course, I mean you know, and on our offensive side, you know, we got to worry about you know that Saints defensive front that's only allowing 89 yards per game, um, but they rank sixth in that and sixth in overall defense, which is kind of surprising. But you know, uh, Dennis Allen he brings it so. Uh, defensive coordinator for the Saints. So, uh, what are your um, what are your wishes for Leno on um, Cameron Jordan? You know, man, it's it's hard to say. Just please don't get caught holding because obviously we keep getting caught holding. Mm-hmm. You know, you know our guys are going to hold. They can't they can't seem to stop anyone. You know, and they're also going to have to try to stop Trey Hendrickson, who's got I think what four and a half sacks or something like that. Got that's another guy you to keep keep an eye on and. I don't even know what to do with our offensive line at this point. It really is just a fine, go ahead and hold them. Please don't get caught. 
quick grab, push, and don't fall on your ass again. Yeah, but like, you know, these referees are looking for that, like, obvious hold. They're not looking for that hold and push. I mean, you know, um, just like, you know, grab them at like the the pad level. Like, don't try to like drive them to the ground or anything. I'm not asking mm-hmm. for that, you know, just like make, give Nick Foles some time this game. Like, you really need to give him some time. This is a team that he beat with the Eagles. And I'm not saying that the Bears are the Eagles, but, you know, there is a tension between him and Matt Nagy. You saw him and Matt Nagy argue on the sidelines. Just recently, our former quarterback of the Chicago Bears, Brian Grease, um, it was said that uh, when Matt Nagy calls the plays to Nick Foles' headset and his helmet, he can't process them because he doesn't have that much time. So he can only process the plays that he puts together. And that's what we saw in the Tampa Bay game. We didn't really see that much from Matt Nagy. I don't think Matt Nagy won that Tampa Bay game for us. I think it was more Nick Foles because he saw that audible at the line. Yeah, and this week is going to be, I think, harder than last week because I don't know if they've made an announcement or anything yet, but if Robinson isn't playing, Uh-oh. that's a weapon we lose. Yeah. He, um, you know, He's in concussion protocol now. He didn't practice today. So if he doesn't play, you're going to need to be able to move the ball around more. Miller is going to need to get the ball more. Mooney's going to have to get passes that are actually thrown to him, not mm-hmm. way past him, way under him. Got to get to, got to get the ball to him, not just throwing it wherever the hell you please. Yeah, I mean that uh, it's one thing, but I I really think Michael is just like he doesn't have that much time. Nick Foles, I don't think he has right. time. Like he only has like maybe two seconds to throw the ball. I I really wish he had more than just about two and a half seconds to throw the ball. Um, but you know, as you were mentioning weapons, if Allen Robinson doesn't play, you know, uh, throwing Javon Wims, you know, he caught that touchdown. Yeah. Um, you know, he can play and, uh, see what you got from there. You know, it's next man up. If, if Allen Robinson's out, then it's Javon Wims. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And another thing is the bears can't fall for these cute plays that they're going to try to, that the saints are going to try to run with Hill. Oh, I'm sure. That's an easy stop. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, no, I don't know if it's an easy stop. Like, Taysom Hill is a smart dude. Like, that guy can run around you. He can run right through you, too. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. He, I don't mean that he's not a great player. He's fast. He knows yeah. what he's doing. No, no, no. Yeah, but when he's out there, you know it's going to him. Yeah, it's going to him. Yeah, You definitely. can't fall like, for the cute plays. Yeah, when, um, when he's out there, yeah, well, definitely. When Taysom Hill is out there, folks, he, you know... He's going to get that ball. This game is just going to be tough. Um, I don't know. But, like, if we can go back to the Matt Nagy execution, it's just, what do you think? I'm going to go with yes, because he hasn't proved otherwise. And I don't trust his play calling. So whatever I want him to do, he's probably going to do the opposite. And don't get me wrong, I am not a head coach. The only coaching I've ever done in football is my son's flag football team. So obviously not the same. But you're predictable. You you're too predictable. You know, defenses are know what you're they know what you're gonna do next. Just mix it up a little bit this week. Prove me wrong. Show me you know how to call some plays and just move the ball. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I just wanna I just wanna see if we can win this game. Um the Saints without Michael Thomas is always a bonus. But, uh, you know, like we mentioned, Trey Quan Smith is uh, playing exceptionally, um, had 50 yards against the Panthers. But, you know, um, as always, we will see. But um, is there any other keys to the game that you see that the Bears need to keep an eye on? Nope, those are mine. Those are the 
the things that I think they should definitely need to watch out for or prepare for. How about you? Well, my keys to the game is, uh, of course, you need to run the ball. Um, but uh, in addition to run the ball, like you mentioned, we need to um, uh, open up the passing game a little bit more. Um, like mm-hmm. last week, um, or sorry, not last, a couple days ago, um, we saw Cole Komet only get two receptions and not even look at him again. Like, damn, I know, I know he he's um, he, you're trying to ease him into the passing game, but he was a second round pick, man. Like, you gotta, you gotta give him them. You gotta get him involved more. Like, you know, like he was in the press conference, Matt Nagy. He said, um, you know, in the first year, you're always gonna have that that learning curve. But like he was a second round pick and he played in the all pro system at Notre Dame. So I don't know what might be the holdup of him being in this offense even more. Um we did see like a thirty plus yard grab from him and then after yep. that we didn't even see him. So like I, I'd really like to see Matt Nagy um include um Cole Komet into the passing game more. Um Javon Wims, I mentioned him earlier. If Allen Robinson doesn't play, of course Darnell Mooney, of course um Anthony Miller. So those are gonna be keys to the game. Of course defense is gonna keep on doing what they do. Moving on to our betting section. What do you got for us, Michael? So I'm I'm trying to avoid the obvious with my lock and say, you know, Chiefs are gonna win against the Jets because duh. So I'm gonna go with Eagles over Cowboys this week. Um I feel like that's kind of an obvious one also, but I feel like it's gonna be a little bit closer than anticipated but i got eagles over cowboys for that one i don't know can andy dalton throw a football longer than 10 yards i don't know man he does not look good i thought he was going to be significantly better than he's showing and of course you know with my picks last week andy dalton's gonna look like tom brady so (laughs) we'll see but i'm still going eagles over cowboys all right nice like that pick a lot um let let me see. I'm looking through the schedule here. So that's your lock, right? The yeah. Uh, okay. So my lock would be give me the Titans over the Bengals, and I also think <laughs> that they will cover the spread as well at five and a half. You know, Joe Burrow is an excellent athlete. And I think that this is going to actually be a shootout too as well. Um, I don't know what the status is on Adoree Jackson for the Tennessee Titans, but um, maybe they're expecting him to play, maybe not. But that's definitely to look out there for Titans fans. But um, Titans um, are my lock here over the Bengals um, in Cincinnati, also covering the spread. Um, what are your um, What are your underdogs? So um, I do want to go Bears as my underdog. I'm going to uh, avoid that for this for this time because I really like. The- I really want the Bears to win. But I, instead, I'm going to go with Falcons over the Panthers. Um, the Falcons are starting to look a little better. They don't look great. They don't look like what you'd expect from that team. But mm-hmm. I think they can handle the Panthers. And, you know, they're right now listed as the underdogs at like plus 108, which isn't terrible. But I'll take them over the Panthers. Just, uh, just uh, like, I don't know. I saw Red Zone um, on Sunday and the Lions got that touchdown and the linebacker got so <laughs> mad. <laughs> <laughs> the Falcons linebacker. I don't know, guys, if you missed uh, if you missed that, like as soon as uh, T.J. Hawkinson, I think it was. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, they okay. scored that touchdown, and and the linebacker just like he 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 like slammed his fist on the on the turf. He went all the way down. He slammed his fist on the turf. Like like you know that's been the story of the Atlanta Falcons. They've they've done it three times now, including the Chicago <laughs> Bears. So um 
and all win prob probabilities over 99%. So, uh, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff going down there in Atlanta. But it was it was a good game. So, yeah, I like that pick. So, let me give you my underdog here. I would pick the Bears, but I don't want to. Um, mm -hmm. Give me this Pittsburgh Steelers again over the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going ballsy here. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I think they're the best team in the NFL. Um like they're playing outstanding football. Like they gave me a little scare right there um, last week against the Tennessee Titans, but they pulled it pulled it out uh, with the missed field goal of uh, Stephen Gostkowski. So uh, give me the Steelers over the Ravens as my underdog. You'll get some plus money there. Um, yeah, I, I think they can stop Lamar Jackson with that running heroics. Yeah, and I'm glad you picked that as your underdog because I was debating against choosing Steelers, Falcons, and also the Raiders. And I was hoping you'd go with one of my other two picks. And yeah, I'm on board with you. I think the Steelers can pull that one off and stay undefeated. Yeah, they're they're a crazy team. Um, you know, we saw them go up against uh, one of the best in the NFL. Granted, the Titans tried to come back. Um, but, uh, you know, it all came down to that kick. And, uh, you know, the Titans have been having issues with their kicker recently this season. So I don't know if it will cost them in the playoffs. But hopefully they need to they need to solidify that area pretty quickly, I, I would hope, I would assume. Because it's really important because the Bears, they lost that way. So mm -hmm. is there anything else you wanted to add? Any other bets that you may have for the week? Anything you else? Anything else um, that you like, man? Uh, no, those are the ones that I that I definitely would say that I'm gonna put money on. Um, I really have to reevaluate how I'm gonna put in some bets this week. My bets last week did not look good, so I have to stop trusting my heart and just go with a actual thorough thought process on this one. Also, uh, man, moving away from football for just a second, we'll talk. We'll just dab up on this. The Los Angeles Dodgers have won the World Series since 1988, folks. 32 years later. Yeah, and you know, I was rooting for the Rays. I'm not gonna lie, but sure, I know, was too. Glad they, uh, yeah, I'm glad they the Dodgers won. You know, mm -hmm. Dave Roberts helped end two streaks. Now, you know, he was with that uh that Red Sox team back in what was it 04 mm -hmm. um when they when they broke that that draw, and now he did it with with the Dodgers. Um, you know, Mookie coming over now became, what was it? I think the stat I saw was 55th player in major league history to win both in the AL and NL. So that's, that's some, pretty damn good. That's crazy. Mookie, Mookie's crazy. I love Mookie Betts and he's one of my favorite players on that team. Clayton Kershaw. I could not be more happy for Clayton Kershaw, you know, and Will Absolutely. Smith. Uh, I'm a Will Smith stan. Um, and, uh, you know, I like a little Cody Bellinger there a little bit, um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, that team, really good team, went 43 and 17, unbelievable, but you got to give it to the Rays, you know, um, absolutely, yeah. you know, a Rose Arena, oh my God, won me some solid cash yesterday, about 80, 85 bucks, um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of good things for the Tampa Bay Rays going forward, you know. Um, but you know, talk about that that change. You know, what was the purpose of taking out Blake Snell, man? Like, you know that he had yeah. nine strikeouts. You know, you could just let him go like another inning or two. You know, you probably would have won this game, and you, you probably could be playing tonight for all. Yeah, and even though he had nine strikeouts, he was still under eighty pitches. Yeah, you know, he was still really effective. And I'm I'm a big analytics guy. 
Don't get me wrong. Huge analytics guy. I, I'll look at the numbers and, you know, if the numbers say one thing, you know, I'll trust it. But, you know, it, the base, baseball isn't all a numbers game. You know, you also have to go with the eye test, go with your gut. Right. And the next three guys up, which was one, two, three, they were already 0 for 6, which six strikeouts against him. And you have to kind of let him see if he can if he can do it. If if Mookie would have got on, fine, take him out. Mm-hmm. but he, he had to go through. I know it's what he's, what Kevin Cash has done all, all year. He's not, He doesn't really let his starters go third time around, but playoffs is a different monster. Go with what's been working, but yeah, that one, that one hurt. That, that one really hurt. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, like, I really think that, like, you know, that change kind of, kind of did probably mess with the chances of them going to game seven, but, like, who knows? I mean, you know, like, like you said, like, the, the, these are the playoffs, you know, it's one of the toughest decisions, you know, being a manager in the World Series. And, you know, we see it year in, year out, but the pressure um, building up on their shoulders, you know, guys, we don't know how that how that how that feels. Being in that situation, it's it's hard to, you know, make a decision. And he did. And unfortunately, uh, it did cost him. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to see what happens with this whole you know, Turner thing. You know, he was taken out of the game late because so initially he had a test come back inconclusive you know for his COVID test second one came back as positive they took him out of the game told him he had a quarantine and then next thing you know team wins he's out on the field hugging people taking pictures and MLB came out and they're blaming him they're saying we followed protocol we told them to quarantine and he told security I don't care I'm going back on the field essentially and he made he ended up back in the field to celebrate. I get you want to celebrate with your team, but it's not how it's, the rules work. Yeah, you got to follow the rules, like them or not. Unfortunately, that's what happens. I wouldn't. I don't think he's going to get suspended, but I would not be surprised to see him suspended to start the season next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I would. I would think that the MLB would uh, come down with some disciplinary action. Justin Turner, you know, he was out there celebrating with his team, knowing that he did test positive for COVID. Uh, but that's just, you know, you, you gotta be smarter than that. You can wait, you know? Um, yeah. and you know, it's an unfortunate situation. I get it. It's an unfortunate situation for, um, for him not traveling back to LA. Um, I'm pretty sure, uh, I saw a tweet on Twitter that he and his wife, um, were held back and the entire team traveled back to LA. So if that was going to happen, yeah. so if that was going to happen to begin with, why even risk it to tell security to go down there to celebrate with the team? Now you just expose the Los Angeles Dodgers organization, not just the players, but the coaches. And I don't know if ownership was down there, but, um, you know, you almost probably com- contaminated the Los Angeles Dodgers organization, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not what they what they want, you know. And, you know, more COVID cases in, in that team. I mean, granted, the season is over, but, you know, it's a scare for them personally, you know? Yeah. What was the whole point of doing the bubble? If you just, if you were going to have a guy not, not listen anyway, because now, because now the bubble is going to be a strange idea because now you waited till all the season and then the bubble idea. Yeah. Granted it had some issues with the Marlins and Phillies to begin the season. But after that, everything was okay. Everything was fine. But then the last game of the season, game six of the world series, you make that decision. Um, It's more on Justin Turner. I think, um, of course, I think I really see the narrative of the of the MLB just like, you know, raising their hands up on this because they're like, OK, we mm-hmm. told you what to do and you didn't listen. So now we're going to probably find you and give you disciplinary action. It's probably he's probably going to face some some a series of game suspensions probably for next season. Yeah, I would not be surprised either. 
Yeah. But guys, we appreciate you for tuning into the Shy City Sports Podcast. Myself, Asia Decide. You can follow me on Twitter, Asia Decide4. You can follow my co-host, uh, Michael Flores, uh, MP Flores90. And we will talk to you next week on Wednesday. See you later, and hopefully the Bears win. Thank you, guys. See you later.